Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Midweek Manna. I want to give you a little bit of encouragement from God's Word right here in the middle of the week. Maybe you're listening later and it's a weekend, but either way, hopefully you'll be encouraged. Today, I want to talk to you about the fact that God loves you just as much as the people you think are important. We've all got people that we look up to that we say, man, God really uses them or they're really godly or they're really, you know, maybe just they have a special access to some kind of grace that I don't have because of who they are or what God's called them to do. And it can leave us feeling very discouraged. It can rob us of our confidence. It can rob us of our strength. It really can rob us of our joy. You know, I really believe that so many of us operate from a self-worth deficiency. That means we've just received this message, even though it's not a true message. We've received this message that we just really aren't as good as other people. Maybe we were the last one picked on a team, or we were always kind of evaluating and comparing ourselves to other people. And what it causes us to do is shrink back. Now, what was really happening, even in those cases, was we have learned that we weren't as skilled, maybe, as other people, and often a very small you know, sampling of people. But instead of hearing, oh, you're just not as skilled as them, we heard we're not as valuable as them. And that has bled into our relationship with Christ. But as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's love for us, we begin to absorb the idea that the God of the universe is in love with us. And this is one of the most empowering and exciting things we could ever know because it puts us in the very seat of importance rather than at the end of the line, seat of importance in God's heart. As we continue to grow in our understanding of God's love, this revelation gives us great strength that, man, we can can do things, we can try things, because we believe there truly is a God that is wildly in love with us. We are important to his heart, and we know that he's the most important person, so if we're important to him, that must be kind of a really big deal. I really believe one of the things that we do wrong is we try to fix our value deficit by looking for more that's good about us when what we really need to do is just focus on how much God loves us. We're looking for something to verify us or something to confirm us as valuable rather than saying, no, God already decided I was valuable. This is the way I really believe to, to heal most things. I see so many folks, so many Jesus followers, they're looking for something exterior to validate themselves. Instead, I always want to like scream, look at God. As we gaze upon him, the discovery that he is enamored in love, willing to die for us just because he's decided to love us is actually what heals most things that are wrong with our self-esteem or with our self, our, our understanding of our self-worth. So let's go ahead and take a listen. I think you'll be encouraged by it. God loves you just as much as the people you think are important. God loves you just as much as the people you think are important. God has no favorites. It can be tempting to believe that the success or influence of people we see around us or from a distance is evidence that God prefers them over us, but he doesn't. For at least the first six years of my walk with Jesus, I always felt like I had to keep his favor. As I looked at other more mature or influential Christians, I had the strange thought that somehow they had more of God's blessing than I did. But I gave myself to the study of the scriptures, especially the book of Galatians. As I lingered in a two-month investigation of that book, something was healed in me. And since then, that has been a permanent fixture in how I've related to God. I know that I have God's complete love and favor because of Jesus' sacrifice 
on the cross. It's not coming off. It's not going anywhere. And I don't only have a little of it. Every Christian who has ever been made right with God through Christ has all of it. When Paul finally met some of the more influential Christian leaders when he went to Jerusalem, check out Galatians chapter 2, he already had a vibrant understanding of the gospel. Here's what he records about engaging some of the apostolic heroes of the early church. He says, By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. You can find that in Galatians 2, verse 6. Because he is wonderfully merciful, God often gives us faithful models in other Christians. We should learn to imitate their faith and godly character, but we shouldn't believe that their platform or earthly power makes them first-class Christians while we remain second-class citizens of the kingdom. Here are two essential truths we need to recall when we slip back into thinking God has favorites. Number one, God doesn't prefer others over you. Assuming that some Christian rock stars are on better terms with God just doesn't make any Bible sense and often betrays a poor understanding of the gospel. Even the most influential and inspirational Christians who ever lived didn't have an acceptable bio to present to the Father on their own. Apart from Christ, no matter who they are or were or what they've done, no one is righteous, not even one, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. To be acceptable to God at all, they were given the gift of righteousness of God in Christ. See 2 Corinthians 5, 21. We all need to remember that God doesn't prefer some Christians more because of their performance, and he doesn't prefer you less because of yours. Is there anyone you need to stop idolizing for their influence or accomplishments? Honor people, but don't believe the lie that God prefers them to you. He may even use them more than you, but that doesn't mean he loves them more. And number two, God doesn't love you reluctantly. Hey, you want to hear some phenomenal news? Jesus loves you the way the Father loves him. It says right there in John 15, 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Wow. What kind of power would we have on earth if we walked in that confidence? Some of us, maybe because of a problematic relationship with our earthly father or father figure, believe that Jesus has to convince the Heavenly Father to have mercy on us. That's the only reason he likes us. But that couldn't be further from the truth. It was because of love for you that the Father sent Jesus to rescue you because you could not do it yourself. He wasn't reluctant. He was in love. Listen to Jesus himself say it in John 16, 26 and 27. When that day comes, you will ask him in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask him on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. The Father doesn't need Jesus to talk him into anything. He himself loves you. Every Christian, the great and the small, the impressive and the nominal, are equally loved and adored by the Father. Or maybe a positive way to say the same thing, we're all his favorite. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for your unconditional love and acceptance. Thank you for loving all of your children in equal measure. Help me to avoid idolizing others or coveting their influence. Please help me to resist the lie that you prefer others over me or vice versa. Lord, I ask you to help me keep myself pure, humble, and ready to serve you in any way you ask me to. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, hey, peeps, thank you so much for hanging out with me during this midweek manna. If this is helpful to you, please don't hesitate to go ahead and share it with someone that you think might be blessed by it. Don't forget to check out more content at BibleLeadership.com or Fierce.Church growth. If you want to partner with us, go ahead and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Bible leadership. Hey, we need strong leaders like you who are going to decide to stay in the fight leading right now. So don't forget, lead strong today.